0: good evening everybody it's uh what is formerly known as the the sean the baptist show uh i think it's going to be sean the baptist live now and i am uh father sean tunic sean the baptist back from uh the uh the wilderness as it were uh coming uh back to the the home office here at st patrick's so this is the uh i guess the 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 office it's the studio it's a little bit of everything uh, I noticed one major difference. Uh, when last we were here, I was looking out my, my windows to beautiful, uh, sun drenched uh, spring, early summer, and now it is dark. And uh, I think we're all kind of getting used to that now. Where did the light go? Uh, winter is fast coming, but boy, I haven't uh, these last couple days uh, just been absolutely beautiful. And so uh, I started off uh, this morning's morning message with a little bit of gratitude. And I think that's important for us to, to always begin with gratitude. And uh, what better way to do that than actually give some glory to God in prayer. So let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, we thank you for the beautiful gift of this day, this evening, the gift of your church. As we, as your church in this world, the church militant, struggle through these difficult times, we pray that we might remain grateful for all that you give us. The gift of our life, the gift of our family and friends, uh, the things that get us through these times, most especially the gift of your grace. You remind us through the changing of seasons as we enter into fall that life ends. This life does not go on and on, but rather the the summer of our life leads to autumn and to winter. Uh, Help us to use this time of fall to prepare well for our own death, the own winter of our lives, uh, that we might rejoice to the new springtime of heaven. Uh, Help us to accept all of life's difficulties and and offer them up, as we're told, for our own uh, sins, the own our own uh punishment due to sins that that we need to make atonement for but also in this month of november we we pray for the faithful departed that we might offer our struggles and sufferings for them as well and so we pray that through the mercy of god may the souls of the faithful departed rest in peace amen in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen all right well it is good to have everyone back here and uh It'll be interesting to see who comes uh, on tonight. It'll take a little bit probably to, to build the audience back up. But um, I'm happy to be uh, back here at St. Patrick's. I, I announced this weekend uh, as I was coming back, uh, I had uh, I had left uh, for a little uh, spiritual renewal program this, this summer. And uh, having completed that, I, I boy, I, I did uh, learn uh, a lot. But it, uh, it is hard being away. And especially now, just as I... I get back. It's hard to kind of recognize getting back, I suppose, into the the swing of things, uh, as it were. And just there's all a bunch of new regulations. COVID had already happened when I was was here, but uh, new things like misting the the church and disinfecting. And so here at St. Pat's, we have uh, all kinds of things. So if you're watching this and you haven't um, braved coming out to the church, uh, certainly uh, here in the the archdiocese we are still uh, dispensed from the sunday obligation to attend mass but i will say we are doing an incredible job of keeping things safe and, and clean here at saint patrick's it's, it's amazing we wipe down all the, the pews and then we we mist them with this special chlorine solution thing and uh people are wearing masks and the, the priests are wearing masks and we're very careful and everything so uh it's as safe as it can be um Man, I, I wonder if I'll even get the the flu or a, a cold this this summer because of uh, all the things we're doing. This might be the the safest winter uh, ever. Uh, so um, if you haven't ventured out, come on out. The uh, the water is great. It's safe. is is best can be here. But of course, if you are one of those more vulnerable population, feel free to uh, advantage yourself of the dispensation to not attend mass in perfe- in person if. Um, you don't, uh, if you don't want to. Okay, all right. Well, I see we've we've started to get a, a little bit of group of people on, so that's great. Uh, I am gonna then um, throw out uh, a little bit of a, a topic for tonight, and uh, you are welcome as always in in the comments to to post whatever you'd like. Uh, as to uh, questions, I see uh, Betty and and Frank and Mark are are on there. Mark is just finished up with an uh, election yesterday and uh, if you want to if you want to talk election uh, stuff uh, you can put that in the questions uh, if you'd rather not hear anything more about election stuff that's cool too um, I know I I stayed up uh, a little bit last night uh, watching some some stuff and uh, I'm I am glad uh, certainly that I, I went to bed <laughs> Uh, and didn't stay up because, of course, we we still don't know, <laughs> even at uh, uh, this hour on the the president. So um, I am not going to deliberately talk about election stuff unless you want to. So if you want to talk election stuff, put that in the comments. But um, as always, I am going to kind of talk about uh, something I had in mind. And and then if you've got something else in mind, feel free to post in the questions. But what I had in mind... Uh, <laughs> Ron says, please, no election talk. Okay, so there we go. That's it. Uh, Ron Green is the first one in there, and, and he rules. Mm. It's a nice, chilly evening. Good night for some some cappuccino. Uh, one thing that, that happened this summer at the uh, retreat center where I was at, um, the, uh, the place uh, we originally could go out on the, on the weekends. We kind of focused on uh, the program we were doing during the week, but on the weekends we could go out and uh, I would go to a coffee shop and take a book, go to the bookstore, go reading. But eventually uh, I was, I was down in Houston and they quarantined the place so bad. You might've heard on the news that, oh, quarantine, it's so horrible in Houston. So uh, our retreat center asked that we even just not go out at all. And so I, I couldn't even go out and get a cappuccino. So um, for the, for the good of the community, Really down there, I uh, I got a Nespresso machine to make espresso, um, because uh yeah you gotta you gotta make sure you got your coffee and it was really more about the social environment and you know inviting uh, people over uh, to have some uh, some cappuccino. So I got myself an espresso machine and um, yeah it came home with me uh, so that I could provide some uh, community here and so I've I've got my uh, my, my cappuccino tonight. Mm. that's nice okay having refreshed my, my voice now uh, with some nice espresso um, very good so uh, it is it is November even though it, it finally feels nice that we've already had our first snow and yet it's going to be like 80 degrees I, I don't know, Kansas but what I want to talk about tonight is uh, this month of November of course we uh, we enter a time in which the church especially gives us an opportunity to pray for the faithful departed. Those who have uh, been baptized and have died. And uh, we just, uh, we kind of kicked things off in a, a great way here at the, the beginning of November to start that off. We have uh, two great feast days, the, uh, the Solemnity of All Saints on November 1st and the Commemoration of the Faithful Departed on November 2nd. So uh, first, All Saints Day. What is a saint? We Catholics, we, we love our saints as people tell us. Well, a saint, as a basic, just flat definition, a saint is anybody who's in heaven, okay? Now we have our official list of saints in the, uh, the Catholic church, ones that they've you know been recognized by the church. And so when uh, the church recognizes somebody as a saint, all we're really saying is like, we know this person is in heaven. It's kind of like when we talk about, uh, you know, the church being able to make infallible statements through the the magisterium of the church in certain occasions. Uh, Theologians will argue that perhaps the the definition or the canonization of a a saint is, in fact, an infallible act of the magisterium of the church to say, without a doubt, we know that this person is in heaven, and therefore uh, we no longer need to pray for them. Uh, They are not in purgatory. They are no longer uh, suffering any temporal punishment due to sin, which we'll talk about. Uh, They are in heaven, right before the face of God. So a saint is someone who is in heaven, and those we have canonized uh, are those that we uh, are saying is the church. We know these people are in heaven, and uh, they have even led a life worthy to be emulated. And so we should uh, not only pray to them, but we should look to them as an example uh, that we could follow. So a saint is someone who is in heaven. So uh, corollary. Yeah, there are a lot of saints that we don't know their names. Uh, hopefully some of our grandparents, our friends, our family who have gone before us, hopefully they're saints. They're in heaven. Now uh, sometimes I'll ask people, uh, you know, how many here expect that one day you will be a saint? And most people automatically, you know, think of um, the the saints on the calendar. And so almost nobody raises their hand. Well, everybody who's in heaven is a saint. Uh, In the end, there are only two options, heaven or hell. So uh, be a great saint because what else is there? Hell. Okay. So, uh, yes, you want to be a saint. Uh, You want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. So the ones that we celebrate on November 1st though, are technically the ones that we know are in heaven. So um, I was talking this Sunday that originally the, uh, the people we had as saints uh, were the martyrs. So martyr comes from the Greek word martyros, which means witness, uh, but particularly the kind of witness we're talking about when we talk about martyrs in the church, that they gave the witness of their death. Uh, they witnessed by shedding their blood for the, the truth of the scriptures, the truth of the gospel. Um, I'm gonna see if I can uh, go back over here. All right, so, another cappuccino. Mm. One thing that happened while I was gone, the uh, the studio went dark, so I had to get the cobwebs out and kind of reset things up here, so uh, I was a little bit late getting the show going, but um, that's why I've still got my, my cappuccino, so I can keep going, because as you can see, I'm a little down right now, and I, I need a little more energy. Okay, there we go. Now we can talk about the saints. Woo! Saints, love them. Okay, so martyrs, witness, martyroi, witness in Greek, shedding their blood for the truth of the faith. You know, you might think in uh, the early church, you know, Jesus was just killed. Uh, So there's this little group of apostles um, who some people will say, oh, the resurrection wasn't real. The, The apostles made it up or something like that. Ask you this question. Okay, if you're a little group of 12 people, and your leader uh, just got killed by the Romans in the worst possible way, you're gonna make up that he's raised from the dead and that's somehow gonna cause you to now come out of hiding and go tell everybody, hey, this Jesus you just killed, I'm one of his followers, take me too. I don't think so. Uh, If there's a fake resurrection, it doesn't lead to authentic witness (laughs) martyrs like this. Uh, What we have in the early church is a bunch of martyrs, tons and tons and tons of martyrs. In fact, that's the only saints we have in the early church, the martyrs. How do you know someone's a saint? God found them worthy to shed their blood for the truth of the faith. That's how you became a saint. And so some kind of sketchy characters, actually, uh, we read about, you know, they're living a terrible life. And they like run up at the last minute and say, you know what, I, I believe in this Jesus guy. Off with his head, and you know, and they, they kill him, and they're like, He's a saint, he's a martyr. God would not allow him to shed his blood like that and witness to the faith if he weren't approved of by God, therefore, he's worthy of our emulation and worship. Martyrs equals saints. So, you can imagine, um, it might be tempting to say then we should be super cautious in the early church because, after all, there aren't that many Christians. So, if we all get killed, won't that just be the end of the church. That could have been the thinking, and I I think it's important that we go back to the age of the the early martyrs because the church is darn afraid today. Okay, let's let's be honest about this. Today we see scaredy cat Christians from the the regular pew Catholics all the way up to the bishops. Scaredy cats. Uh, they're they're acting like sometimes oh. Well, we, don't, we won't want to take too strong a stand because, you know, not even people will kill us. But, oh, people might not like us. People might write bad things about us in the paper. Or we might lose friends on Facebook if we stand up for the truth of our faith. Wah. Okay? Early church martyrs, they're like, no, uh, there are 12 of us apostles. We should be careful? No, let's all go out and die for the faith. Do you ever see the apostles getting together saying, gosh, there are only 12 of us. We better be super cautious. In fact, we should probably hide. We probably shouldn't even talk about Jesus for, I don't know, maybe the first year that we're apostles. Don't go out and do anything controversial in your first year as an apostle because you might get killed. And, and you know, it's really for the good of the church that we're quiet little cowards because if we stand up for the faith and we get beheaded, what will happen to the church? So that's why we're cowards. It's for Jesus. No, never be a coward for Jesus, okay? Jesus is more than capable of taking care of his church. Be bold. Get the gift of the Holy Spirit and discern well with Mary and the Holy Spirit like the apostles did. And then when Jesus says go, y'all go. Okay, don't think for one minute, oh, it, it might go badly for me and I sh- I should be cautious, you know, for the sake of the, the rest of the church. No, the church doesn't need any more people like, oh, I'm Catholic, but... You know, I'm, I'm Catholic, but I'm, I'm also a pro-abortion or, or whatever. I'm Catholic, but, you know, I'm, I'm really a scaredy cat. We don't need more Catholic butts, okay? So when we look to the saints, uh, what we're looking at is the example of this is how you do it, okay? And that's why there's so many different kinds of saints because there's not one way of this is how you do it, okay? I mentioned martyrs, but we know that eventually in the church, we started to see whether well, a lot of holy people whose lives are kind of worth emulating, but they didn't actually die for the faith, well, we call those people who lived a life worthy of dying for the faith and just happened not to, we call those people confessors. Okay, they, they confessed the faith, but they didn't actually die for the faith. So we have kind of two classes of saints, the martyrs and the confessors. Early church, all saints are martyrs. Eventually, we had some confessors as well. So all of those people then that went before us, uh, the church holds up um, for our emulation to say, they did it, so you can do it. Uh, that's why uh, a lot of people will pick patron saints, you know, um, someone who, who lived a life similar to the life that you're living, and they're in heaven. Uh, that's why John Paul II canonized more saints than the whole history of the church before that, uh, because he really wanted people to see that uh, holiness is for everybody. That's why we have great modern day saints like St. Saint John Aboretta Mola, who was a, a wife and a mother and a doctor, and, and she's a confessor. She's a, a great saint. Um, in, in some ways, she is kind of a bit of a, a martyr in that she, she chose to, to give her life sort of in the, the witness to the, the dignity of all human life. Uh, she refused uh, treatment for a, a tumor on her womb while she was pregnant with her child. Uh, because she she knew, of course that child's alive. I mean kicking and uh, everything that we, we can know today because of science. Uh, she knew uh, through her, her medical profession, even back you know 50 years ago, gosh, it's more like 70 years ago now. Um, she knew all that and so she she gave her life for her for her child. Um, or we think of uh, martyrs like uh, St. Maximilian Kolby who gave his, his life for another prisoner in Auschwitz. Or uh, modern-day religious uh, confessor saints like Padre Pio. Uh, these are people who uh, their their family is is still alive. You know their their family we can talk to them. Or uh, um, Blessed Acutis, who was just uh, beatified, uh, 15-year-old uh, Hispanic Latino who uh, uh, helped uh, found the, the website about Eucharistic miracles. Uh, and he's he's wearing his his little Nike shoes and his little. Uh, jacket in his uh, glass uh, casket as they, they took it out for his beatification. Um, you know, so amongst the, the saints, um, it would be a huge mistake if, if we were to simply uh, hold them up and say, well, you know, look at them, aren't they great? But that's not me. That's That defeats the whole point of what saints are about. We should hold them up and say, alright, everyone who's in heaven was once like me. Uh, if, if they're there, well, then, then I can be there. Even our Blessed Mother Mary, uh, although she was the most perfect human being that ever lived, she's a human like us. I mean, unlike Jesus, who has a human and a divine nature, Mary has just a human nature. Granted, her human nature was preserved from all stain of original sin from the moment of her conception. But... She's completely human like us. And she's at the right hand of God. It's the the highest of any human being who's ever been created. What a powerful intercessor. And maybe it's good to say right there what we Catholics mean when we talk about uh, prayer and the saints. I mentioned the word intercession. Intercession is kind of a a particular type of prayer. So to intercede uh, for someone is to kind of like be a go-between. Um, in which, you know, if I'm uh, struggling with something as so many of us are doing right now in COVID, one of the ways that helps me is I like to call somebody up and say, Hey, I, I'm not doing so well. Can, can you pray for me? Can you, can you put in a good word for me? We have, uh, you know, adoration and the church is open and I, oftentimes I'll see people going in and I'm like, Hey, put in a good word for me with Jesus. Um, now uh, of course I can, you know, myself, <laughs> put in a good word uh as it were and i do uh if i if i refuse to talk to jesus and i just want other people to talk to jesus well i'm i'm in big trouble um but uh i i do have the ability to uh ask other people to to put in a good word for me to help out and uh that that can be people on earth so people walking into the the church people i call up on the phone uh but it can also be people in heaven because one of the the great truths that we see from scripture especially in the book of revelation is that the saints in heaven they know uh, our prayers if if we ask them they know what we're saying think about that i i think it's beautiful to think about the the angels and the saints because there's this whole realm of the world of creation that w- exists and we don't see it we we don't see the saints and angels they're not here like our our friends that i can call up on the telephone but they're here i mean they're real uh, and I can could, I could talk to them, they hear me, and they're gonna pray for me in, in heaven just like they, they pray for me on earth. Uh, my my friends can pray for me on earth. So that's pretty amazing. So by all means then, uh, if we ask people on earth to pray for us, we can certainly ask our, our friends in heaven to pray for us. I, hey, you know, St. Michael, you're super powerful in battling Satan. We read that right in scripture. Help me out here, you know? Satan doesn't want me in heaven. He doesn't want all the other holy people at St. Pat's in heaven. And he's just kicking our butts. I mean, to some extent, I look around and, man, we are just getting beat up by Satan. Now, Padre Pio, I mentioned, like, he actually, the devil appeared to him and, like, set his bed on fire and beat him up in his bed. Uh Cure of ours had his bed set on fire. You know, setting beds on fire, you know, seems to be a Satan thing to do. Um, he hasn't set my bed on fire, but he sure has blown up my life in a lot of ways. So, Satan real? Yeah. St. Michael real? Yeah. So, maybe we should ask St. Michael for some help. You know, um, when uh, we had the, the kind of vision of uh, what Satan was going to do to the church in the 21st century, uh, Pope Leo uh, added that the St. Michael prayer would be said at the end of every Mass because he saw what was gonna happen in the 20th century. And he's like, Satan needs to be put back in his place by St. Michael. I don't know that things have gotten a whole lot better in the 21st century, so let's keep praying to St. Michael. So there's a great um, kind of intercessory thing we can do. So saints, they're in heaven, they pray for us. We do not pray to saints in a way that we worship them, okay? This is something that a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters kind of get wrong. Uh, because when, when they think of prayer, they think, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray to God, and so it's, uh, you know, it's uh, something that they see as reserved to God. Well, the word prayer itself, pray, just means to ask. So there, there is a certain type of prayer that we do, in fact, reserve for God alone, and and that we, we call the prayer of, of adoration or or worship, or in in the uh, Latin of the Church, latria. It is the highest form of worship prayer. It is the the worship due to God alone. We, of course, do not offer that kind of veneration to the saints. They are not God. They've never been God. We don't die and become God. Flash, we don't even die and become angels. Oh, our loved one has gone to heaven. Heaven has gained another angel. No, that's stupid. Theologically incorrect. We do not become angels. We are Human beings, we have physical bodies. Angels do not. This body will be in heaven. So we do not become angels. Angels are pure spirits. They're in heaven. We can talk about angels later. In fact, I talked about them on a previous show. No, we give worship of Latria, adoration to God alone. Not angels, not saints, only God. Three three persons, one God, the blessed Trinity. That's it. Okay, but then there's a, a level of veneration, Kind of esteem, if you will, that we would offer to the saints, um, and in in the Latin, Greek, same it would be dulia, veneration, uh, esteem. Uh, we recognize that the the greatest of God's creation, the the best things He's done. Like like any good artist, we're gonna we're gonna praise the artist for the good work that he did. We we like art that is good, and we recognize when we see good art. When we hear good music, when we see a good play, we recognize, wow, who wrote that song? Who performed that song? Who painted that painting? Who sculpted that sculpture? We like that. So when we look at the saints, we we say, Wow, that's that's a beautiful work of art. But the art always points us back to God. That's why even Mary, the the highest one, if you see in the little picture behind me up there, okay. Mary is holding Jesus. And, and she's, she's pointing to Jesus. Mary's always pointing to Jesus. That's what all the saints do. They point, they point to Jesus. Even uh, John the Baptist here over my shoulder is holding Jesus. He's pointing to Jesus. That's what the saints do. He must increase. I must decrease. Behold, the Lamb of God. There he is. Not me. I need to decrease. All the saints do that for us. Um, so they kind of give us a chance to focus our attention uh, to say, all right, maybe it's a little abstract to see how I can be like the Holy Spirit or even like Jesus with his divinity. But I can I can be like St. John Bosco. He was a, a priest like me who loved boys, like I do Boy Scouts. I could look to John Bosco and say, yeah, I could be a little bit like him. How did he do it? How did he do youth ministry uh, back in his day? I, I could look at saints like uh, St. Saint George who, Fought and killed a dragon, and say, all right, what dragons do I need to go up against? Am I being a little weakling priest, or am I like Saint George? Maybe I need to ask for some strength. You know, we we look at uh, the the virgin martyrs, especially who maintained their purity so well that they they refused to compromise, even to the point of being made immovable, uh, like uh, Saint Barbara, are are allowing themselves to be mutilated saint agnes their heads chopped off saint cecilia just yeah can i can i hold the purity so much like those virgin martyrs okay if they can do it maybe i can do it so we certainly are able to see well they're like us and they did it so maybe i can do it that's essentially what we're doing there okay so that's a a a brief kind of overview of uh the saints um but when we talk about the communion of the saints the the communion of the the holy ones literally um we are a part of that now and there's another group that we need to talk about and and that is what we really focus on here in november what about all those people who have died who we don't know for sure that they are in heaven like our our grandparents our friends who have died and we know that okay they were baptized and Jesus promises that he's going to give the grace that people need uh, to those who are, are baptized. So what about this this group of people uh, that we don't know for sure they're in heaven? No infallible definition. They're not canonized. But sure seems like they died in friendship with God. They're, you know, not non-repentant of, of anything that we... Know of and they're trying to do the best they can. We know that they went to mass, they went to confession, they they tried to do it, uh, and you know we can look at their life and say, yeah, they, they weren't perfect, but um, they're on the road. In other words, we have good evidence that it looks like they looks like they died in friendship with God. Well, everyone who dies in friendship with God, meaning technically in a state of grace, they have not sinned mortally and not repented, they have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, that was given them in baptism, they preserved it, got it back if they'd lost it. Okay, you die in that state. Good news. You are going to heaven. Because remember, there's only two options, heaven or hell. That That's it in the end, heaven or hell. Um, now, here's the thing. If those are the only options, we also have to take into account the very serious scriptures that say that nothing imperfect will enter heaven that's a tough passage okay so what do we do with that you're either in heaven or you're in hell for all eternity and nothing imperfect can enter heaven and yet a lot of our parents grandparents friends who die we could say probably they were friends of jesus died in a state of grace but were they perfect uh, I know I'm not. I'm like, mm, I, I'm like, mm. Yeah, you're supposed to be detached from everything of this world. I don't know. I need my cappuccino. So, I'm not perfect. Probably a lot of people we know aren't perfect. So, what happens if you die and you're not perfect yet? Should you go to hell? Well, I mean, technically, if, if only the perfect enters heaven, then if you die and you're imperfect, you, you ought to go to hell really to to be worthy of heaven you have to be perfect and you know does Jesus's death on the cross provide perfect atonement for all our sins possibility yeah but what happens when I actually sin how are those sins atoned for? Well the saving death of Jesus right but how is that applied to me right now? because if I sin right now I need something right now to atone for that sin. So somehow the saving death of Jesus from 2000 years ago has to be made present right now. And of course we as Catholics know that the the only ordinary way that mortal sin is atoned for right here, right now, is through the sacrament of penance in which the merits of the saving death of Jesus are applied right now to the wound we just inflicted upon ourselves. I just through mortal sin gouged my chest and I'm dying. I need help right now. Uh, And so through the grace of the sacrament of penance, the merits of the saving death of Jesus are brought forward and I am healed. That's how the guilt of sin is forgiven. So there's got to be some option then that if we've got imperfection left in us and we die, but we're in friendship with Jesus and we shouldn't go to hell, is there some other kind of option? And of course, we as Catholics uh, should know that this is where our doctrine of purgatory comes from. Uh, It is in line with the scripture, and yes, there are scripture passages that point to it. No, you will not find the word purgatory, uh, although you will find the word purification and things like that. All we're saying with purgatory, to boil it down to the the simplest thing, is if you die and you're not perfect, but you're going to heaven because you're a friend of God, you're not going to hell, there's got to be some kind of process, some kind of state where you go from dying not perfect to being perfect forever in heaven, and however that happens, that we call purgatory, okay? Um, if, if that's all you understand about it, there's got to be some way from going from imperfect to perfect. That's really all you need to know. There are a lot more theology we, we can do with that. But let's just say that the communion of saints uh, includes all of us. And so that's all of us still fighting here on earth who are baptized. Uh, all those who are in glory in heaven. And uh, then there's this group in purgatory. Uh, we don't know exactly how time works in purgatory we know it's got some kind of time because you're not there forever most important thing to know about purgatory is everyone who is in purgatory absolutely 100% without any doubt is going to heaven if you made it to purgatory it means you died in friendship with Jesus and you are going to heaven there is no way that you will get kicked out of purgatory and go to hell there is no way that you will stay in purgatory forever because it doesn't last forever in the end there is only heaven and hell and if you are in purgatory it's because you are going to heaven and you just got get cleaned up a little bit first. It's kind of like if you've been outside playing all day uh, and you got mud all over yourself uh, before your mom's going to let you in the house. She's going to say, you take those boots off right now. Take those pants off. Throw them in the washer. Uh, and and then you can come in. Okay? It, it's kind of the, the same way with, with heaven. But but here's the cool thing about heaven. It's not an imposition that we've got to get cleaned up first. We all want it. OK, this is like imagine you get in, invited to some incredible wedding or event and, you know, they're offering you, you know, hey, you just got these rags for clothes and you're all a mess. What, what if we give you something a little better? You're like, heck, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get to go to the wedding and, and I get a tuxedo, too. Cool. I'll take that. And so, yeah, everybody's at the fancy wedding ball and we're we're all dressed up and, and nobody's. Nobody's coach turns back to a pumpkin, and nobody's dress turns back to rags at midnight because this is the the Cinderella ball that, that just goes on forever, and we're all made perfect for it. So it is the the best little party you could ever hope to have, and it goes on forever. Uh, so we want to be perfect for it uh, because we want our love to be perfect. I mean, that that's one of the saddest things about love in this world is no matter how much we love someone and how much we, we try to love, it's never perfect. And oftentimes we end up hurting the people we love because we're— imperfect and in fact that that happens sadly a a lot that the the people we hurt the most are, are in fact the people we love the most because those are the ones we get closest to and that we allow in our little zone of vulnerability so perfect love uh will be able to drive out all fear the scripture tells us because we will never be able to be disappointed by love in heaven and that's that's one of the greatest things our love will be made perfect and that's really what purgatory is about, uh, because when we die, number one thing that keeps us from heaven is our own selfishness. We're just we're just stuck on ourselves, and so God's got to purge that out. I mean, there's there's no room for the fullness of God if there's still this you know junk in our cup that we gotta get out. I mean, eventually I gotta empty the cappuccino so God can fill it with the new choice wand of heaven. That's pretty good. I don't know. Maybe God will have some good cappuccino in heaven, too. I hope so. Last thing on purgatory. Uh, Everybody who's there, they they are getting cleaned up. But here's the super cool thing about the communion of saints. We can help them. Yeah. When we talk about praying for the dead, and and notice I talk about praying for, when we talk about the saints, we ask their intercession. We could say we pray to the saints. Um, When we talk about prayers for the dead, we're talking about those who are in purgatory, at least we don't know for sure they're in heaven so we'll assume they're in purgatory and we pray for them because what the church teaches is that if you're in purgatory you can't do anything for yourself anymore you had your chance in life during life you had the chance to offer up your sufferings to make up for your sins um so so maybe you asked forgiveness maybe you die in friendship with god but you haven't made up for your sins okay good news uh jesus's death on the cross Okay, infinite value needs to be applied, but infinite value. Uh, A lot of the angels and saints merited way more grace than they could ever use. That's available to us. And then there's all the prayers of the people on earth that are praying for the souls of the dead. All that goes into uh, helping those in purgatory to be more quickly purified. It's a bit of a mystery because what's time like there? How long does it take? I, I don't know. I've not been there myself, Um, but what the church does teach is that we can assist. In fact, during the month of November, one of the special ways that we can assist uh, those who have died and are not saints that we know of yet uh, is through the the prayers of the dead and specifically gaining of indulgences. (sighs) Indulgences? Oh, no. Isn't that a bad word? Didn't we, like, sell indulgences and get in trouble for that? Wasn't, like, like that the Reformation and, and Martin Luther, and aren't indulgences a bad thing? No, indulgences are not a bad thing. In fact, I have with me the only recently published official United States Conference of Catholic Bishops Manual of Indulgences. This is an official book of the Church, right there. See, look at that, Manual of Indulgences. This book list special prayers that we can pray. Not so that sins can be forgiven. Okay, nobody get their sins forgiven by you know praying certain prayers in this book too late after you died to have your sins forgiven, okay? But it can help with the making up for your sins that's left. So we can pray special prayers on behalf of the dead. And then not only do we have the value of that prayer, but the church adds with it some of the merits of the saints, Jesus in heaven, all those wonderful things. So I recommend the manual prayers. Uh, even even if you're not into like indulgences and prayers for the dead, I encourage you to learn about that. But they're just really cool prayers. Uh, prayers for uh, benefactors. May it please you, O Lord, to reward with eternal life all those who do good to us for your name's sake. Amen. Partial indulgence. Let's say you offered that up for benefactors who have died. You just helped them in purgatory. And one day, when we're all in heaven, God willing, you get up there, they'll haul five you and say, hey, isn't that cool? You prayed for me. Um, All kinds of blessings. Hear us. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Eternal God, and graciously send your holy angel from heaven to watch over, to cherish, to protect, to abide, and defend all who dwell in this house. Partial indulgence. Protect your house and get a partial indulgence. All kinds of super cool prayers in there. So I invite you to check that out. Um, I always tell people that when I die and it comes time for my funeral, please, for the love of all that is holy, do not be jumping around saying, oh, isn't it so awesome? Father Sean's in heaven. He's gone to a better place. And if don't you dare say, oh, Father Sean has become an angel. Stop it. Okay. Not only do we not become angels, but don't dare be having a party down on earth saying, oh, Father Sean has gone to heaven when I'm like burning up in purgatory, wishing someone would pray for me. No one is to rejoice at my funeral or wear white vestments and jump around, celebrating my life as if I don't need help. Oh, Father Sean doesn't need our prayers. He was so holy. You don't know me well enough then, okay? Manual of indulgences, I want it distributed to everybody at my funeral. This is what I want people to get. I want want all the priests in the diocese uh, to get black vestments for my funeral, I don't want any of this white stuff, like, oh, he's in heaven, let's celebrate his life. No, wear black vestments for my funeral and everyone gets a copy of the manual indulgences, which you will pray for the liberation of my soul from the fires of purgatory. That is what you're to do when Father Sean dies, because I don't want you sitting around here having some party while I'm up there suffering, and I have to watch you jump around saying, oh, isn't it great, he's in heaven. Pray for my soul. Pray for the souls of all the faithful departed, Okay. That's a, an, an act of mercy. We talk about the, the corporal works of mercy, you know, like feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Everyone thinks, oh, great, mercy. Pray for the dead is a work of mercy. You can help somebody who needs it in purgatory who you don't even know, and one day you will know them, okay? You, you get to see them in heaven. Like sometimes I pray just, Lord, I, I offer this for the, the soul most in need. I don't know who that soul is, but God does. Uh, and, and one day I'll meet that soul, and they're like, Father Sean. You prayed for me. I was suffering in purgatory. You prayed for me. I was the soul most in need that day. That was me. Cool. Somebody will return the favor for me. Get the Manual of Indulgences. Check that out. Um, Yeah, so Purse for for the Dead. Um, I'm going to take a quick look to see if we have any questions. Um, uh, Okay, Um, so... Mark Gilstrap uh, is asking about, what about miracles and sainthood? Um, good question, Mark. Uh, so a lot of people know today that there's a whole process by which one becomes a saint. We call it canonization. Uh, and you might realize that um, there's some some different steps in the process. Um, what, what will happen is that, let's say somebody holy dies. How do you know they're holy? Yeah, good question um local people think they're holy so let's say uh i die and uh everybody gets the manual of indulgences and you all you know do the proper mourning and you wear the black vestments and you you know do a proper penance as you you go to my tomb and um let's say then you know a hundred years after i'm dead uh people start to say Wow, look at uh, look at this Sean the Baptist site. Because of course my website will still be around hundred years from now, and people are like, "Wow, look at this stuff." He said some really cool things. Newsflash: it's all like the church fathers and the catechism. It's nothing new. But let's say people are like, "Wow, this stuff on seanthebaptist.org, the it's super helpful for the faith." And people start get holy by checking out my website and like, "Wow, this stuff that Father Sean taught, this is like super holy. We should make him like a doctor of the church." He should be the patron saint of the internet. This Akutis guy has maybe got me run for my money already. But, you know, let's say that people start to have that. Okay, so they start to say, hey, Bishop, whoever that is at that time, this priest, Father Sean, he was super holy. Again, they didn't know me well enough. This is why we investigate. Um, So they'll open a little investigation to say, oh, these people think uh, Father Sean was super holy. Okay, let's pretend that maybe by some miracle, but from this point on in my life, I actually do live some life of incredible holiness such that I would be worthy to be a saint right now. Not so good, but let's say I, I turn over a new leaf and all of a sudden I get super holy and everyone's like, wow. And I, I die. And you know, after the black vestments in the morning and people pray for me, you know, my, my tomb starts exuding some incredible fragrance. And it starts to, to smell like incense and roses and whatever. And people decide, wow, Father Sean was super holy. Well, the way this works is that the bishop then opens an investigation. And when he's satisfied, he says, hey, Rome, we uh, we got a case here of God looks pretty darn holy. And uh, I'd like to submit this evidence for you. And Rome might look at it and say, yeah, looks like there might be something here. I would get the super cool title, Servant of God. Pretty cool, huh? um well then they 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 investigate and if they find out that yeah this this uh this uh heroic life thing he did it yeah we are going to uh we're going to name him venerable which kind of means worthy praiseable i don't know it's pretty cool um now we're looking for a miracle because we've done what we can do on the human side to say we think this person is the kind of person who would be the one to be emulated and might be in heaven, but we want to know for sure they're in heaven. So how can we tell if someone's in heaven if they can't come back and say, hey, it's me, I'm in heaven? Well, one of the ways that the church has decided that we do this is that, well, if someone's in heaven, the way God will let us know is that he will allow miracles to be worked through their intercession. So maybe you start praying to Father Sean. You say, oh, potential Saint Father Sean, uh, please, um, we are struggling so much, our printer, will not work in our office. Everyone's tried. No one can get the printer to work. Please make our printer work, dear future Saint Father Sean. And boom, printer starts printing. The email starts working. Who knows? If I'm the patron saint of internet, it's probably some stupid thing I'd be patron of, like getting email to work. Uh, But whatever, there's some miraculous thing. Now, normally today it's like some kind of medical cure. So like, I don't know why from heaven I would offer medical cures, but I might. So maybe you pray, uh, Father Sean, um, this priest, you know, it, his his hand doesn't work. And he wants to celebrate mass using that hand. And you pray to me uh, through the intercession of future potential Saint Father Sean, please heal this priest's hand. And he's blessing people again. You know, something like that. Um, so the church would look and say, is this a miracle? And if it's like, yeah, well... Then I would move on to the penultimate or second to last step. I would be named Blessed. And the the act of making someone blessed is beatification. And then we wait for one more miracle. So let's say I am now Blessed Sean of uh, Lansing. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'm the only priest from Lansing. I would certainly be the only saint that would be canonized. So, Blessed Sean of Lansing. Blessed Sean of Kansas. Blessed Sean of the Prairie. Hmm. I kind of like that. Blessed Sean of the Prairie. I don't know. Something like that. Um, so let's, let's say there's another miracle. And then I would be able to be canonized and become saint. So for for normal uh, saints, that's the process. Super cool fact. If you were a martyr, however, there is a little throwback to the early church that says if you died a martyr, somewhat means God already approves of you. So you only need one miracle. You can be beatified without a miracle if you're a martyr. Because your death for the faith is considered proof enough for a beatification. So let's say I get beheaded. Then I can be St. Sean, martyr of Kansas City. Um, that'd be kind of cool, too. Uh, so these days, getting beheaded maybe wouldn't be so bad. I'm like, sometimes, God, just get me the heck out of here. I'm done with this. See ya. 2020, get me in. Just, can I get beheaded? Maybe a, maybe a meteor fall on me. What I don't want to have happen... Is that like I'm in a big gathering and like someone comes in and like, you know, martyrs like the entire presbyterate all at once. And I have to be, you know, like, um you know, Archbishop Joseph Nauman and companions. There's always the in companions people. You know, you're like Isaac Jogue and companions. Well, who are the other North American martyrs? I mean, do we ever talk about them? You no, know, you know, it's like... Eh. No one wants to die for the faith, get beheaded or something, and become and companions. If I'm gonna get beheaded for the faith, I at least wanted to be, you know, by myself or, you know, everyone ranking lower than me, so we could be like Father Sean, Martyr of Kansas City, and companions. I mean that that'd be okay. I don't mind sharing it. I just don't want to be one of the end companions, guys. If I'm gonna go through all that trouble to get beheaded or something, I want my date on the calendar. You know, probably though the end of the world is not far away, so it won't matter. A whole lot okay um are they still proceeding with the canonization of fulton j sheen oh my gosh Uh, that was a little bit of a fiasco uh he was about to be beatified and then they took it back uh postponed it so all we know is that the beatification was approved it was even scheduled and then uh, a bishop objected said he had more info and got put on hold so that's all i know chrissy sorry fulton j sheen uh we can probably say from what we know Worthy to be beatified, lived a life of virtue. Uh, it is one of the reasons why we tend to wait quite a while before someone's canonized. Um, make sure we've we've got all the info out. Maybe there's some more info there. Um, so Fulton Sheen likely will be beatified eventually, but uh, there's a, a little bit of a hiccup apparently. All right, any other questions from the, the peeps out there? We, looks, we've had a, a good steady group of people on tonight. Um, just to close I'd like to say that my, my plan is right now to do a, a live Sean the Baptist show, uh, Sean the Baptist Live, I guess we'll, we'll call it, um, once a week on Wednesdays at 6.30. I was doing the uh, adult conversations over in the church when we could like all get together. Um, that's become a little bit harder in the age of COVID and more people like to watch online. And so when I'm done with this, you know, I can share the video and I'll put it up on YouTube. And uh, of course it's still available uh on on facebook you can share it around please do uh and invite people you know to to follow the sean the baptist page here on uh, facebook and you can subscribe and get a notification when i go live um in the mornings i'm i'm doing a little morning message uh today's was a little longer but i'm thinking like five ten minutes in in the morning to to kind of talk through maybe the reading sandy today a topic whatever um but as far as the uh the actual uh Kind of Sean the Baptist live. I'm gonna do that once a week, probably Wednesdays at 6:30 uh, is the uh, the plan. So check that out, share it around. This one was a little bit all over the place because I'm I'm just getting back in the swing of things, so I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, if you've got questions you'd like to see me address on Sean the Baptist live, send those questions in. You can always send a message via the Facebook page, uh, or uh, contact in the bulletin, or I am Father Sean F R Sean at seanthebaptist.org, and would be happy to respond there as well. Well, thanks to everyone who who joined tonight. We've got Betty and, and Frank and Mark and Ron and Diane and Gene uh, and Jen and Chrissy and Lisa. And sorry for anyone I, I missed there. It's been great to have everybody back. Spread the word that uh, Sean the Baptist Live is back on. And uh, check out the morning uh, messages if, if you'd like for a, a little start to your day. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, a little bit of this uh, hour away from election coverage. I don't even know. The whole world could have ended. Why we've been doing Sean the Baptist Live. I don't know. Uh, I really don't care. Uh, if you think the world's ending, um, well, pretend like it is because it might. And so pray the rosary, uh, pray for the dead, pray for your own soul, make sure you're in a state of grace. So when the, uh, the end of the world does come, uh, you'll be in friendship with God and maybe a little time via purgatory uh we uh we need to atone for some of our sins uh whose guilt has been forgiven but um we want to be in that number when the saints go march it in so the parade may be forming folks i don't know how long this world is going to go on quite frankly my hope is not too much longer because i don't know how much more i got in this covid thing's got to end 2020's got to end liturgical new year's coming in a month maybe that'll be it i don't know at least 2021 god willing let it come quickly uh Adiuvanda me festina, as we say, make haste to help me. That's our prayer at the beginning of every hour of the day. Deus in auditorium. meum. Adiuvanda me festina, Lord, make haste to help me. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the uh, Sean the Baptist live for tonight. My my little camera quit on me, so we'll we'll shut it down from the the main camera here on the front. Uh, I pray that this has been helpful. 40 uh, 40. Where we got. We had about 40 people in and out there, so that was nice tonight. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. Send your questions for next week, and I will be happy to answer those. Uh, Until then, we pray that the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. Good night, everyone.